0: Though in the gray He lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the gray He arose, Dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah! Christ arose. Vainly they watch his bed. the mighty triumph for his boast. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives for
1: Jesus. We're going to be traveling from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus, and then back again. The trip is actually seven miles each way, and so I hope you brought some comfortable shoes today, but even if you didn't, don't worry, because I don't think you'll be pondering and thinking about how long the journey is or how your feet feel. In fact, uh, when you consider the company we're going to be keeping today, you'll wish the trip would go on and on. If you'd like to consult the travel guide for this morning's journey, you'll find it in the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, and I'm asking ask you to turn there, and we're going to be covering that entire chapter together this morning. In addition to the Lord Jesus, we'll also be traveling with two other people. Uh, one of them is named Cleopas, and the other one, well, I'll just be honest, we really don't know their name. Um, this trip is going to be in... Easter Sunday, like none we've ever had before, and a trip like we've never taken before, as we walk along with the Lord Jesus Himself. And so, let's look in that travel guide and see what's in store uh, for us today. There in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 1, Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. How often do we forget them? Verse 9. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. And now we get to the point where we begin our journey today. You'll look ahead, you'll notice there are two walking along. Let's hurry up and catch up with them and see what they're talking about there at verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which that had happened. Listen, they're talking about the Lord Jesus. They're talking about the crucifixion. They're talking about the strange happenings that have been going on in Jerusalem and they're talking about the reports that he is risen from the dead and and look here comes somebody else verse 15 so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him I know it's hard to contain your excitement because the Lord Jesus has just come and joined our walking party but We know who He is, but they don't. And so let's keep quiet and let's just listen for a little bit longer and let's just walk a little bit more. Verse 17. And He, that is Jesus, said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Had you already noticed, beloved, that their countenance was sad? You could see it on their faces. You could hear it in their sentences as we were walking along that uh, they were just filled with sorrow. And now Jesus comes and asks him, what, what are you talking about? And why are you so sad? And verse 18, Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered Him to be condemned to death and crucified Him. But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. And now we know why they're sad. They were disappointed. They thought Jesus was the Messiah. They thought Jesus was the Deliverer. They thought Jesus was the Promised One and... Now they know that Jesus is dead. And when He died on that cross, all of their hopes and all of their dreams were nailed to that cross and were buried in that tomb. They thought He was the Messiah, but now He's dead. Now listen, they're still talking. Verse 22. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So now, not only are they sad, they're confused. I mean, it was tough enough to watch Jesus die and watch Him go through the crucifixion and and know that He's been sealed in the tomb. But now we have these reports circulating and all this confusion about the fact that He's alive and He's risen from the dead. And we don't know what to do with it because we have not seen Him. But Jesus is about to speak. And can I just tell you, beloved, whenever Jesus speaks, we'd be wise to listen. We'd be wise to be quiet and listen very carefully. And Jesus speaks beginning in verse 25. Then He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, I'll be honest, beloved, I've heard some fine teaching and preaching in my life. heard some wonderful sermons in my life. Some wonderful Bible teachers in my life. But who could compare to hearing the Lord Jesus himself? The Lord Jesus himself open up the scriptures and teach the scriptures. And over and over again, as we're walking along and you listen carefully, he's showing them how the Scriptures point to him. And he goes to the law of Moses. And he goes to the prophets. And he goes to the book of Psalms. And he's teaching them and showing them and expounding the Scriptures to them. Now, as you walk along, sad to say, the time has flown by. And Emmaus is right ahead of us. And none of us want this journey to end. I mean, to have the Lord Jesus Himself teaching us and to walk with Jesus and listen to Jesus. And so we find that we're nearing the village. Look at verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and He indicated that He would have gone farther. In other words, He's going to keep on going. But 29 says, But they constrained Him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now the good news is we've been invited to go in too. And here we are with the Lord Jesus and Cleopas and this other disciple. And it's time for the evening meal. It'll be a meal like none other that we've ever experienced. Verse 30 says, Now it came to pass... As he sat at the table with them. Now listen, you and I know who's at the table. You and I know that he's alive. These other folks don't know it. It says he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Now notice verse 31. Then their eyes were opened And they knew Him. And then we look around and He's vanished from our sight. That's what it says, verse 31. He vanished from their sight. Now let's listen to what these disciples have to say about it. Verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the Scriptures to us. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about all the things that had happened on the road and how he's known to them in the breaking of bread. And so we find ourselves back in Jerusalem. And I want us to hurry over and join the other disciples and We want to see what's going on here. Look at verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. Peace to you. Now, I don't know how you would respond to the Lord Jesus just appearing to you, but we find their response as we're there. And it says in verse 37, They were terrified and frightened. and supposed they had seen a Spirit. We can understand that, can't we? One of your family members just happens to be somewhere you're not expecting to be. It's a frightening thing, but imagine you're there and you're gathered and all of a sudden here comes the Lord Jesus and just appears in your sight. Verse 38, he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And we know, beloved, that he still bears in his body the marks from Calvary. He still bears in his body those marks. And he says, listen, it's really me. I'm not a ghost. I'm not just a spirit. It's really me. And I want you to see me and handle me. And it says there in verse 40, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still do not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? You know, they're still wrestling here. Is this really him? I mean, yeah, we see him. We we understand. He says, listen, you have anything to eat. And it says in verse 42, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Now, we already learn a lot about the Lord Jesus from just those few verses. He's in his glorified, resurrected body. He has the ability to appear and vanish at will. He doesn't have to knock on the door. He just appears. He just disappears. Um, We know He still has in His body the marks. And furthermore, we know that He has the ability to eat. And He eats in their presence. And He wants them to listen. I really am alive. And beloved, we need to understand that we believe in a literal, literal, physical resurrection. Literal resurrection. He really is alive. And here he is, in the midst of his disciples, as the resurrected Lord of glory, and he's going to speak again. It' would be wise to listen. Look at verse 44. Then he said to them, "These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms concerning me." And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so here we are. We find ourselves in Jerusalem, listening to the resurrected Lord of glory, but now... Let's leave Jerusalem and let's come back to good old Anson County, North Carolina. We've taken an incredible journey. We've gone to Jerusalem, to Emmaus, from Emmaus back to Jerusalem and then back to Anson County. So those of you that are sleeping, I understand why you're so tired. we have learned some things already along the way. And as I've meditated on this passage, one big lesson rose to the surface that I want to impress upon your heart this morning. I think a lot of us would love to have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine if you could have a personal encounter. In other words, I mean, you could literally see Jesus, hear Jesus speak to you, you speak to Jesus, You fall before Him in worship and praise. Maybe after getting over the initial uh, shock and the terror and the the glory of Jesus, maybe even want to embrace Him. Or even better, have Him embrace you. Just hold you, comfort you, help you. You see, these disciples that we're reading about today, these that we took the journey with, they got to talk with him. They got to see him. They even got to watch him eat in their presence, watch him ask the blessing and break the bread. And so, yes, there's this theme that runs through here, of course, that Jesus is alive and he is resurrected. um, But there's something else that really came to light as I meditated on this scripture. And that was this thing, beloved. The one who was walking with them and talking with them and standing with them. Did you notice that the resurrected Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, alive forevermore, did you notice what he did? Did you notice that he took these believers to the scriptures? Maybe you didn't catch it. You still in Luke 24? Look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Look at verse 44 and 45. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding they might comprehend the scriptures. Look at verse 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Now, you have to understand the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Those are the three main divisions of the Old Testament. And those three things compromise what was the scripture at that time. They didn't have the New Testament. I mean, it's it's being developed as we are journeying along here. And so Jesus takes them to the Scriptures and He shows them how the Scriptures point to Him. Verse 45 is very interesting. It says, "...He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures." So Jesus not only wanted them to know the Scriptures, but to understand the Scripture and to comprehend the Scripture. And, of course, to know that the Scripture, it points to Jesus. Sometimes we find ourselves wanting to experience Jesus, to see the Lord, to hear from the Lord, to get a word from the Lord. Well, beloved, can I just tell you this? If you really want to do that, all you've got to do is open your Bible. Open your Bible. And when you open your Bible, you get to see the Lord and experience the Lord and learn from the Lord and listen to the Lord and be comforted by the Lord. You see, think about it now. The resurrected Jesus has not yet ascended back to heaven in this passage. He's still there with them. But even when the resurrected Lord of glory, Jesus Christ himself, he appears to them there, literally risen again. What does he do? He says, listen, let's talk about the scripture. Let's look at the law of Moses. Let's look at the prophets. Let's look at the Psalms. And I want to show you and teach you and help you understand that these things, they point to me. Now, beloved, can I just tell you today, we have the same Scriptures. We have the same Scriptures they had. In fact, we're even more blessed. You know why? We have all of the Scripture. We have the New Testament as well. But then you're thinking, I know you, you're smart. You're thinking, yeah, preacher, but we don't have Jesus standing here to teach us. I mean, yeah, they had the Scripture, Furthermore, they didn't have their own personal copy. Can I just remind you of that as well? But we have our own personal copy of the Scripture, but uh, we don't have the Lord Jesus. He's not standing here with us, walking us through it. Well, did you notice, beloved, as we read, that the Lord Jesus here, he, He didn't stay with these disciples. Did you notice that? He journeyed on the Emmaus Road, and they got to the village of Emmaus, and they sit down for what we would call supper, And then he blessed the bread and broke the bread and then he vanished. He came before the disciples and he was there in their presence and he opened the scriptures to them. But then he vanished and he appeared multiple times to many different people, but he didn't stay with them. In fact, look back at the passage at verse 50. We'll keep reading. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, I'm making the point that he did not stay with them to teach them. In fact, at this point in the story, he's ascended back into heaven. But you may have missed a verse as we read it. You may have missed verse 49. 49 says this. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now the promise he's speaking about there is the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you want to mark your place, if you want to just keep your finger there in Luke 24, would you go to the next gospel, the gospel of John, and find the 16th chapter. Now, he just told us in Luke 24 that he's going to send the promise of the Father that's going to endue them with power from on high. And then if you'll go to the gospel of John, the 16th chapter... And drop down and find verse 5. John 16, verse 5. But now I go away to Him who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. We can understand that. Jesus, listen, I'm going back to the Father. And there's sorrow. Jesus, why are you going to leave us? How could you leave us? But keep reading. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Huh? Wait a minute. Let's get this straight, Jesus. You're going to leave us. And that's to our advantage. That's good for us that you're going to leave us. That's what he says. Why? Keep reading. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So we have this helper. By the way, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so he talks about here the coming of the Holy Spirit. And in this particular part of John 16, and don't close it up, we're not done there. But in this particular part of John 16, he says, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to convict the world and he's going to convince people of their need of a Savior. And if you're a child of God today, He's already done that in your life. At some point in your life, the Holy Spirit begin to deal with your heart and show you, listen, you're a sinner, you're undone, you're condemned, but Christ is your Savior if you'll just turn from your sin and place your faith in Him. No person is saved apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. And maybe on this Easter Sunday morning, God's doing that work in your heart. Maybe you're sitting there and you realize that you don't have the hope of the resurrection. You don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you feel conviction. You say, What does that feel like? Well, I guess it might be different for different people, but you feel a tug at your heart. Maybe you feel you feel a weight in your heart. You you feel a burden. I remember when I was a boy, I got saved in a revival meeting in my home church, and uh, I was going home the one night, and my uncle was taking me home, and he asked me about my eternal destiny, and I I wasn't able to give a clear, sure answer because I didn't know Jesus. And I remember being under conviction that night, and I went back to the next night to the revival. Now I don't remember what the preacher preached. I know he preached the gospel. But I remember a tremendous burden upon my heart knowing that I was lost and knowing that I was a sinner and knowing I was going to hell. And I had that conviction in my life and I thank God that um, I yielded to the Spirit's working and placed my faith in Christ. And maybe you're here today and you're kind of like I was those many years ago and there's a weight in your life and, and you know that you're not right with God and you know that you know that you're struggling and, and you know that you're really wrestling in life, maybe with the purpose, and you don't have the joy you want. You don't have the peace you want. And you just don't have that stability and security that you desire so greatly. Well, can I just tell you, beloved, all of that is found in Christ alone. And if God the Holy Spirit is working in your life this morning, then I want to challenge you and encourage you and exhort you to respond in repentance and faith. To turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ alone. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in, in bringing men and women and boys and girls to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus says happened. He says, listen, it's to your advantage that I go away because the Helper's going to come. The Holy Spirit's going to come and, and He's going to do a work and He's going to convince people of their need of Christ and, and He's going to bring them to Christ. So that's you today. My word for you is repent of your sin and Turn from your sin and place your trust in Christ. But Jesus continues here in John 16, and he talks about another ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, by the way, I know this sermon's not on the Holy Spirit, but I just tell you some very important things, real quick, and that is the Holy Spirit is God. It's not a force, it's not a power, it's not some kind of mysterious cloud. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's the one that is the author of this scripture. He inspired the word of God. And here he goes to talk about the spirit working in our lives to help us, to guide us into all truth. In other words, to help us to understand the scripture. Are you still in John chapter 16? Look at verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, that's how we know that's who the Helper is, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now notice what else it says. For He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Now notice what Jesus says in verse 14. He will glorify Me. By the way, the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it unto you. And so here's what Jesus is saying He's there in his glorified form, Luke 24. He's taken to the Scripture. Here in John 16, we have an elaboration of what's going to take place as he goes back to heaven. He says, listen, I'm going back to the Father, but it's to your own benefit because I'm sending the Helper. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. You say, well, okay, well, how does He help us? Well, here's some wonderful news. When someone trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit Himself, always refer to the Holy Spirit as Himself, okay? Not a force person, God. God the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now I know that's a lot to take in. And I know I don't understand it all either, but it's what the Bible teaches. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. And so if you're a child of God, in fact the Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a child of God. So if you're a child of God, if you repent of your sin and place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Now here's some exciting further news. He's the one who is the author of this book. He used various authors, but he made sure everything was just as God wanted. It's the inspired and errant Word of God. And the author of the Scripture is residing within us. Have you ever read a book? Well, I just stopped there for some. Have you ever read a book? (laughs) Very few people read books outside of school. Did you know that? But let's just, I'll I'll continue. Have you ever read a book and you wondered this out loud? What in the world is the author talking about? Maybe you think back to your days of having to read Shakespeare or whatever in school. Uh, I feel that way every time I look at a math textbook. What in the world is the author talking about? Because I struggle with that. But imagine you have a book and you're reading the book and seated right beside you is the author of the book. You could just slap him right right there. No, no, I'm just kidding. But if the author was right beside you and you're reading along in that book and you come to a part and you're thinking, I don't know what that means, what could you do if the author is sitting beside you? You could say, what is this talking about? What did you mean right there? How does this work? Why did you use that word? What does that word mean? Well, beloved, can I just remind you that if you're a Christian, you don't have the author beside you. You have the author inside you. Inside you. And the Bible says that He guides us in all truth and He teaches us. And so listen, when you're reading your Bible and you get to those points and you don't know what in the world... It's the Lord talking about the Holy Spirit is there to help you. And you can pray, God, help me to understand this. I'm sure you've experienced that if you've been a Christian for any amount of time. There's been a verse and you've looked at that verse and looked at that verse and you just, I don't know what that means. And then one day as you're looking at that verse and you read it again and you're studying along, all of a sudden it's like a light goes on. See, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives to help us to understand the truth. To understand the scripture. And the interesting thing I want you to realize is is that the Holy Spirit does the same thing that the resurrected Jesus did. When the resurrected Jesus was with the Emmaus disciples walking along, when he was with the other disciples and he was teaching in the Bible, he said, these scriptures point to me. Now look, are you still in John 16? Look at verse 14 again. Jesus says this about the helper, the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me. And so when the Holy Spirit is teaching us and guiding us in the truth, He's pointing us to Jesus. He's pointing us to Jesus. He's pointing us to Jesus. Now let's put all this back together again. We've been on a long journey today. We have the same Scripture, the same Lord, and the same Bible teacher residing in us full time. What doth hinder us from walking with and experiencing Christ through His Word. You say, Well, listen, I want to see Jesus. Open your Bible. You say, Listen, I want a word from the Lord. Open your Bible. I want God to guide my steps. Open your Bible. You say, I want to sit down and fellowship with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Open the Bible. You say, well, I want to grow stronger in my faith. Open the Bible. Spend time in the Bible. Now I know that's easy to say. And that's easy to talk about. But we live in America in 2019. And we are surrounded by and inundated by distraction and noise and stuff and pings and dings and tweets and posts and everything else We're a lot like Martha. You remember Martha and Mary when Jesus was there for supper? And Martha was busy, I got to get everything just right for Jesus. I got to make sure my meal is spot on. And Mary She just was sitting at Jesus' feet. Remember, Martha got really upset at Mary. Can you imagine two sisters having a little little spat? In fact, she was so upset she tried to bring Jesus. Have you ever done that? Try to get somebody else on your side? Imagine trying to get Jesus on your side. I'd like that. But it backfired on Martha, do you remember? Jesus, don't you care that here I am doing all this stuff and making this meal and I'm so busy and Mary's just sitting there At your feet. You remember what he said? Martha, Martha. You know, you're troubled and worried about so many things. And one thing is needful. And Mary's chosen well. Can I just tell you, there's a lot of things that we have to be involved in. I know you've got to work. I know you've got a home to care for. I know you've got a family. I know you've got to study for the test to try to make good grades and get in college. And and I know that there's things you want to do and things you have to do. And most of those things, if not all of those things you're doing are good. But how many times do we choose the good over the best? I wonder today if the Lord Jesus was walking by if we'd even notice He walked by, much less run up and join Him on the road, allow Him to teach us, allow Him to guide us, allow Him to love us. I think I can say with scriptural authority, the Bible's authority today, that if Jesus were to appear to us this morning, I think I can say after what we've studied and what we've looked at, he would take us to the Scriptures and show us how the Scriptures point to him. Beloved, do you want to know the resurrected Lord of glory? Then, my counsel for you today is open your Bible. And he's there. And you'll experience him. And you'll find that guidance and that wisdom and that word that you're looking for. It's right here, it's in your hand. Open your Bible. Father, I want to thank you today for the scripture. You've not left us to ourselves and our own devices and our own wisdom, but you've given us the inspired, inerrant, infallible, perfect word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's inspired and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Father, we are so often wanting to hear a word from you or see a sign from you when you've already given us the completed word of God. Help us to treasure it and to open it and to study it and hide it in our heart. Now, Father, I pray if anybody here has never, ever received the Lord Jesus, I pray that during this invitation time you would touch their heart as you probably already are touching it now. And bring them to saving faith in Christ. And then for my brothers and sisters, Lord, help us to be honest of where we are in our relationship with your word. What are we really spending our time on? What are we really doing? What are we really treasuring? Help us to love you more by being in your word and learning more about you and being drawn close to you. And being guided by you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your ministry in this place. And I pray the Holy Spirit now would do a work for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now here's the invitation today. We're going to sing number uh, 449 if you need the words, Because He Lives. You're not sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. I'm going to be standing right down here. I'd love to welcome you. you. say, well, what would happen if I walked down the aisle? We'd welcome you. We're not here to embarrass you, to point you out. We're not going to point at you. We just want to receive you and help you. If you need to receive Christ today, we would take a Bible and simply share Christ with you and help you and answer any questions you have. And then for my brothers and sisters in Christ, the majority of the message has been for us today. What has God said to you about your relationship with His Word? Would you be obedient to His leading in your life? The altar's open. 449, Because He Lives. I'm here to receive you. If you'd like to come and pray today, you want to go on your own and pray, whatever we can do to help you, that's why we're here. But let's stand and sing. 449, Because He Lives. (laughs)